Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is a great joy to be here with you, to be able to come together and celebrate what God is doing in and through His church, in and through the people of God called to do the will of God in the world around us. That's what the church is, and that's what we are all about. Uh, If you are new here, we just wanted to say welcome to you. Thank you so much. Uh, for taking some time out of your day, out of your busy schedule to spend time with us in worship of the one who we want to be more like. Uh, If if you have have been around us any length of time, you recognize that, hey, we're not perfect, uh, but we know the one who is, and that's Jesus Christ. And we want to invite you on a journey with us. We want to invite you to come with us to be made more into the image of Jesus Christ so that we can lean into that relationship so that we can let Jesus do a good work in us, so that we can become more like him, and so that we can make a difference in the world around us on his behalf. And that's that's the hope that we have in God's church, uh, us being transformed for the, the work of the kingdom of God. And that's the whole idea behind our current sermon series. We've been talking about a sermon series called Amen, the, the looking, uh, taking a deep look at the Lord's Prayer. Uh, and, and the Lord's Prayer is simply the prayer that Jesus, when asked by his disciples, Lord, teach us to pray. It's the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. And we're looking at four different portions of God's petition in this. We're looking at the idea of kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And that was week number one. And, and last week we talked about forgiveness. Forgive us as we forgive others. This week, we're talking about deliver us, deliver us from evil, deliver us from temptation. What does that look like? What does that mean? And and next week, we're going to talk about amen. What does it mean to to live the Lord's Prayer, to lean into this uh, prayer and to to live our lives in relationship with Jesus? Uh, and, And what does it look like to say amen, thy will be done? and to live into that hope in the world. And that's the whole idea behind this series. And, and today, this weekend, actually, is Memorial Weekend. And so it would, I would be remiss if I did not uh, say uh, thank you to those men and women who have given and paid the ultimate price uh, and sacrificed their lives on behalf of this nation. And, and um Memorial Day is one of those weird times as a veteran. A lot of times people come up and say, hey, happy Memorial Day. And, and uh, th- that's not the time for this. Uh, it is Memorial Day, not happy Memorial Day. Memorial Day is when we remember those who have fallen, not those who have served. And so uh, we want to honor those men and women and remember their sacrifice on this day because there are many of us who have friends or loved ones or family members who have uh, paid the ultimate sacrifice in one of the many wars and conflicts that we have uh, have as a nation been involved with. And so uh, it is because of that uh, that we're going to use the illustration today of, of a story that took place in World War II. Uh, as war was waging through the Pacific, the, the uh, Allies were starting to liberate island after island in the Pacific conflict in World War II uh, because Germany had already fallen and now the, the, the attention had focused and shifted focus to Japan. And so they're going island by 
Kai Island trying to liberate uh, these islands that were under the control of the Japanese. And in the Philippines, there were a ton of islands. And and one of the things that had happened is uh, a lot of uh, military servicemen had been captured and placed in concentration camps in uh, the Philippines. And so uh, there was one concentration camp uh, called Cabanatuan, and, and Cabanatuan has like 500, over 500 men that were in the concentration camp. And one of the things that they had noticed is when they liberated a, a few of the first islands, as soon as the allies got close to the concentration camp, they executed all of the prisoners of war. Uh, and so they, they, they said, we can't allow these 500 men to be executed. And so a daring plan was put together. January 30th, 1945, uh, known as the Great Raid, Cabanatuan uh, was the, the, the target uh, of liberation. So the island that it was on uh, wasn't liberated yet. They were about to start doing that work. And so they wanted to sneak in and go and liberate uh, those 500 men from the concentration camp. And, and so uh, the, they got 133 rangers and about 500 Filipino resistance fighters uh, under, the, uh, under the control of uh, Colonel Henry Mucci to go and uh, liberate this concentration camp. The, the, the 133 rangers were gathered up by Henry, uh, and, and he was a, a devout Christian. And so he gathered up these 133 rangers, and he said, first, uh, I, I want you to know that there's a high likelihood that, that many of us will not be coming back. Um, and, and so if you're an atheist, I, I want you to stay here because I can't have it on my heart that you would go and meet my Lord Jesus and, and, and you haven't made your peace with him. Uh, and, and nobody stepped away. And he said, hey, if you're married, if you're married, I want you to step back because I, I, I don't want your spouse to... to be missing you. I don't, I don't want anybody else to die that, that has to ha- leave behind a family. And, and, and all of the men said that they would stay and go with him. And so he made them take a vow before God, a vow before God that they would lay down their lives before anyone else from Cabanatuan concentration camp would be killed uh, in, in, this, in this conflict. And so uh, they, they, they made this pact before God that they were going to go and liberate this concentration camp. And, and no matter the cost, they were all in and they were going to go and rescue the men that were held in this prisoner of war camp in, uh, in, in the Philippines. And so uh, they went out there and, and they, they rescued over 500 uh, men from that. And, and the loss of life was only two army rangers and 20 Filipino resistance. Uh, so 22 men laid down their lives for the rescue of these 500, over 500 men from this, this concentration camp. And, and the idea behind this is that, you know, every once in a while, no matter where we are in life, we need somebody to come and rescue us. We all need to be delivered at one time or another. We all need to be delivered at one time or another because we are so, uh, so much under, under attack by temptation and by uh, the brokenness of this world that we need to be delivered. Uh, and that's what Jesus is talking about in this section of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, it starts, and we're going to just jump right into it. It starts this way, and lead us 
not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And, and to me, when I first became Christian, maybe, maybe if you grew up in the church, you've never thought about it. You, you've just heard, lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil, and you've put no deeper thought into that. But for me, when I first became Christian, it was mind-boggling. Why do I need God not to lead me in the wrong direction? I mean, is this saying that God wants to lead me into temptation and I'm begging him not to lead me into the the wrong direction? Lord, lead me in the right direction. Don't take me in the wrong direction for sure. And and so I wanted to start there and say maybe that's where you are. And, And so the idea behind that is definitely not that God is leading us toward temptation all the time and we have to ask that he would change that direction. No, the idea is that we are always, we as a, as a fallen and broken people are always moving in the direction of brokenness without the presence of, of God's Holy Spirit within us. Without God helping us to move in the right direction, we're, our struggling is for naught. We're not going to be successful. As a matter of fact, James, the brother of Jesus, says it this way, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. God cannot be tempted by evil, and he does not tempt anyone. So really, what Jesus is saying is, do not let us give in to the temptation that we experience in our day-to-day lives. Do not let us give in to the brokenness of this world. Do not allow us to be overcome and overwhelmed by our desire to do wrong. Instead, come and and be with us. Help us to, to move in the right direction so that we're not tempted to move away from the enemy so that we're not tempted to move toward God so that our temptation becomes less and less and less. Uh, in in the, the book of Psalms, there is a guy named David. He was king of Israel, and he writes this psalm and says it this way, set a guard over my mouth. Lord, keep watch over the door of my lips. Let me say things the right way. Let, me, uh, let, let, let my, my mouth not go against you. Do not let my heart be drawn to what is evil so that I take part in the wicked deeds, along with those who are evildoers, do not let me eat their delicacies. David was pleading that God would help fix his his mind and his heart so that he would be in line with what God wanted him to do. And David was a man who was familiar with temptation. Like I said, he was the king of Israel. And at the time when the kings were, uh, were supposed to be away at war, David was at home in his town in, in Jerusalem. And so his army is out fighting wars for him on his behalf, and he's idle and just hanging out in Jerusalem. And he goes out one evening and sees the wife of his friend taking a bath on the roof of a house uh, that, that is in the line site of his palace. And he sends his people over to get her and bring her to him so that he can be with her. And, and, and he breaks his relationship with God by, by being with her, and he breaks his relationship with his friend by allowing this temptation 
to overwhelm and overcome him. And here's the problem, right? She becomes pregnant because of this, and David's like, okay, now what do I do? Uh, because he's going to know he was at war when all of this started. So somebody else is the father. So he hatches a plan to bring him back and say, hey, I want to recall you from the front line. Come here uh, because, you know, you need to be with your wife. And so he brings him home trying to cover up his sin to have them be together. But because he was a righteous man, he wanted to have no part of it. He was like, if my men are uncomfortable and sleeping outdoors, I too will be uncomfortable and sleep outdoors. I will not have the comforts of home while my men are at war for you, O great king. And so David now hatches a new plan because this won't work. And he sends a letter with uh, his friend back to the front lines to say, hey, when the fighting is the worst, everybody else back up and leave him out front so that he will die. And, you know, David tries to cover it up and, and even goes so far as to have his friend killed so that he can bring his friend's wife into the, the, the palace and, and have, him be, have her be his wife uh, so that nobody will know. He, he's trying this ultimate cover-up. And here's the deal. God knew. And God sent the prophet before him and said, Oh, great king, you have done wrong to your servant. You have had him executed just so you could be with his wife and cover up your sin. You have failed miserably. And this is the David that writes and, and, and longs for God to give him a new direction. God, come rescue me. Save me from myself. I am all too familiar that I will go in the wrong direction when I am given the opportunity. I am all too familiar that, that my desire, the, the wickedness of my heart is to go and be with the evildoers, to go and do the bad things that, that, that the world says, oh, these are so great, uh, to, to take part in, in things that are, are, are against what God is calling him to. And he recognizes this. And so David wants a new direction. David wants to be rescued. And when we read this line, lead us not into temptation, truly what we need to hear is rescue us from temptation. Rescue us from the brokenness of this world. Rescue us when we start to move in a direction that is contrary to where you want us to go. Rescue us when we start to have longings in our heart for things that are contrary to what you want us to long for. Rescue us when we move away from you, God, and, and help us to stay close to you. Because in you, we find our strength and our salvation. In you, we find our hope. I mean, Jesus is in the rescue game. That's what he does for all eternity. God came in the flesh as Jesus Christ so that we could be rescued from the things that we had done, the brokenness that we have already committed, but also so that we could have the presence of the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us away from the choices that would lead to brokenness here and now. And, and, and so that's the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And then, then Jesus takes it in a, in a, in a direction that sometimes uh, as modern Americans, we're, we are a little uh, loath to follow. It says, deliver us from the evil one. Or some translations say, deliver us from evil, which we find a little bit more palatable. Uh, and so what, what is it that, that Jesus is really talking about there? Uh, Greek is interesting because you, you have these things, uh, we have them in English too, called definite articles or indefinite articles. A definite article is when you say the couch 
or the chair. So if I say, go get the chair, you know which chair to go get. If I say, go get a chair, you can go get any chair. Uh, the definite article is the chair. An indefinite article is a chair. Uh, and, and what we see when we look at this line in Greek is that, that when Jesus is in and deliver us from evil or deliver us from the evil one, what, what the Greek says is deliver us from the evil. The evil, so it's a, a definite article that, that is being presented about the evil. So it's not just this uh, effervescent evil that is all around us. It is the evil that, that overwhelms and overcomes us. And so what Jesus is saying is, hey, we've got an enemy. We've got an enemy that wants to overcome and overwhelm us, that wants us to fail. I, I know this for a fact because Jesus experienced this. Jesus experienced the presence of Satan coming in and tempting him. It took place right after Jesus was baptized. He goes to John the Baptist. John the Baptist baptizes him. The Holy Spirit descends on Jesus like a dove and a voice rings out and says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And Jesus, from that moment, heads off into the wilderness and for 40 days and nights fasts and prays to God so that he can be the man that God wants him to, so that he can do all of the work that God has prepared for him to do, so that he can lead the world into a new understanding of who God is. And so Jesus, after being in the wilderness, uh, is, is tempted by Satan. Satan shows up and, and, and tries to test Jesus, to tempt Jesus with, with three different areas. Um, with, you know, Jesus is hungry. Jesus has been, uh, been fasting and praying for 40 days. And, and, and Jesus is in that process, is sitting there saying, hey, I need, to, I, need to, you know, I need to be more like God. I need to pray. Uh, and through the process of fasting, uh, the, the devil shows up and says, hey, now you're the son of God, right? If you're the son of God, why don't you just tell this bread, these rocks to turn into bread? Because surely the son of God has the power to turn some simple rocks into bread. And Jesus' response is this. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So the first temptation was, was to satisfy the hunger that he has uh, by, by, by transforming some, some rocks into bread. Now, most of us don't have that difficulty. We're not, we're not tempted to transform rocks into bread because we don't have the authority that Jesus had. Uh, however, we, we see this in so many different ways. We, we, we look at what other people have and we long to have what other people have. And we need to remember that man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. The second temptation was that, 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 um, that Jesus would be protected by an army of angels. And, and so Satan says, hey, throw yourself down. Uh, and, and see that angels will come and rescue you to prove to yourself that you are who you believe you are, to prove to yourself that you are the Son of God. You know, throw yourself down and have the angels come and, and rescue you. And, and Jesus responds, Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Do not test the Lord your God. And, and, and we far too frequently can, can be led in the same direction where we think not, not that we want to throw ourselves down and an army of angels are going to come and rescue us, but God, why weren't you there? 
God, why didn't you show up? Uh, there's so many examples in my life where I, I expected God to show up in a big way and, and I didn't experience it and I went away hurt and broken. And, and it wasn't because of anything other than an unreasonable expectation I had on my part for what God was doing in and through that moment in my life. And finally, Jesus in the presence of Satan is being tempted uh, by, by saying, hey, if you come up here with me and look at all of the nations across the world, see these nations that are all under my control. I will give you control, Jesus. All you have to do is worship me. All you have to do is worship me. Bow down and worship me, and I will give you all of the nations of the world. They will turn and follow you, and it will be great for you. You will be the God that everybody expects you to be. No problems. And Jesus responds, Again, Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And so when we look at the way that Jesus, Jesus deals with temptation, one of the key things that we should learn is that Scripture was what Jesus used to defend himself from what the devil was asking him to do. Satan's tempting him to go and do things against God, and Jesus, time after time, uses Scripture to defend himself, to say, no, I am doing what God wants me to do, not what you want me to do. And for you, I want you to let Scripture become your defender. Let scripture become the thing that you turn to in the middle of brokenness. Let scripture become the thing that you use when you are being tempted, when you find yourself falling short of God's glory and, and moving in a direction that is, is opposite from how God wants you to go. Let scripture be the thing that rescues you. When you really want something that, that you know you shouldn't have, go to God. And, and the only way we can do that, friends, is if we take seriously God's call to, to lean into knowing His Word, to, to lean into the understanding that God gave us a, a set of books that we can understand and learn from, and through that we can use to defend ourselves. It just boggles my mind that we have so many opportunities to defend ourselves, and yet so often we lean into the brokenness of this world instead of allowing God's Word to saturate us so that we can have words to speak against and in opposition of the enemy when he comes to tempt and to woo us to walk away from God. And, and the second thing that we need to do is we need to constantly be in prayer. I mean, we're talking about the Lord's Prayer, but we need to constantly be in prayer that God will uh, deliver us from our temptations and from the enemy, that, that we, will, we, will not, we, will, we will experience rescue from both of those things. I mean, when we wake up, Lord, deliver me from evil. Uh, help me not to go into the transgressions, not to go into the temptations of this world. When, when I'm angry, Lord, deliver me from evil. When I'm upset, Lord, deliver me from evil. When, when I'm hurt, Lord, deliver me from evil. When I don't know what to do or what to say in a situation, Lord, deliver me. Help me to know what you want me to say. Help me to understand how to share God's grace with others. Help me to be the person that you want me to be. Help me to do that through scripture. Help me to do that through prayer. Because, I mean, the truth is this. We all need to be delivered 
from our situations or from ourselves, from our situations or from ourselves. Far too frequently, we like to blame others for the brokenness that we have experienced. And the truth is that far too often, we follow willingly into the broken areas of this world so that we can uh, embrace the, the brokenness of this world instead of following closely to the presence of God's Holy Spirit, instead of leaning in to the relationship that God has for each and every one of us that God calls us into. And so it's in that place that we come before God and we say, God, help us. Lead us not into temptation. Rescue us and set us on your path. Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us to your purpose, not to the purposes of this world. Help us keep keep right in time with where you are going and what you are having us do so that we can be the people that you want us to be, so that we can love this world around us the way that you want us to, and so that we can make a difference on behalf of Jesus Christ right here and right now. Over the past few weeks, we've been talking about the Lord's Prayer, and I just thought it would be beneficial for us to, uh, to wrap up this, uh, this sermon today, this message, uh, with the Lord's Prayer, to pray the entirety of the Lord's Prayer. And so uh, if you're not familiar, the words are here on the screen. Uh, please pray with me. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.